morning, everyone. Welcome. This is the Creative Bird Strategies podcast and house featured through Clubhouse. We are on Apple and Spotify. We can be found at thecreativebirdstrategies.com. My name is Joe Scarice. I'm a nationwide direct private lender. I'm also host and founder of the Creative Bird Strategies house and podcast. So we'll get started here in just a few minutes. We'll be discussing what do you need to have prepared for your lender. So I'm going to do a quick uh Invite with some individuals in. I'm going to post something up real quick here so we can get people started. We had a fantastic Saturday coming back from a holiday. I actually was able to put together three new podcasts up and above what we typically do on Saturdays and Sundays with some great service providers. They'll be posted over the next week or so, provided by Perkatech, Yordell Perkins, our social media strategist. I, I have to say, it was really a lot of fun yesterday doing these podcasts. We we interviewed a property management company. We we interviewed a real estate entrepreneur. Uh, we we all, uh, two entrepreneurs actually. One Mike Poggi and the other one Walter Aramo. Unbelievable talking about the Alchemist Nation. Uh, what a fantastic discussion we had. So we're gonna have probably three or four new episodes posted this week. You could download them probably. Probably in the next three to five business days once they're cut and edited. We're almost near 10 episodes so far. So very excited about what's really going on with the podcast, with events that we have coming up. It's just a nice, very healthy relationship that we're having with our followers and our listeners. So I'm going to do a quick uh, in, you know, uh, invite for individuals to come in. I'll uh, get this started here in just a few minutes. We'll, we'll pound out a checklist, really break down. What are lenders really looking for in the asset-based lending space? I mean, it's a lot of people think they know what they need. Uh, it's kind of funny watching people on uh, on Facebook. You know, like, give me a quote, give me a quote, give me a quote. But you know, like they really don't know what a lender really needs. You know, and it's some basic questions. You know, there's it's not that complicated. I mean, asset-based lender lending has kind of dummied down the whole lending industry for the most part. So, kind of surprised that. People expect maybe just a drawing of a stick figure up uh, to get a loan, but we'll, we'll break it down a little more and kind of really define and make sure you understand what is really needed. I'm just doing a quick invite for some people to come in, and I'm also waiting some moderators. If anybody would like to raise their hand, come on up, and we can kind of get into this a little bit. I'll invite a couple people anyway, just because I know I can. Uh, hang on a second here. All right, so let's get into the the, the week this past week um, in the mortgage world. Rates kind of have been really moving around about 6.75 to 7%. They closed up by the end of the week about 6.98. The job reports didn't help it much, but I think they're, they're inflated. Um, I don't think we're going to have much change till after Labor Day once we get deep into the election or the re-election or the election of the, the next president. I really feel the Fed is kind of up against the wall in regards to inflation, um, the economic uh, uncertainty. Home ownership is is really at a downturn right now. People don't want to go out there and buy a house right now. They don't feel compelled to. I think this is a very big opportunity for the entrepreneur that's self-employed that is identifying properties that maybe once were for the homeowner and now it's going to be for the homeowner that didn't want to buy the property and has decided to um, rent for the next couple of years and kind of ride out this market so 
I really feel that the rates are going to stay anywhere between 6.75 and 7 and a quarter on the conventional side for, for quite a while. I think on the commercial side, you're going to be somewhere between 6.75 and 7.75, really depending on a couple of factors. The factors will, will be broken down by credit score, leverage, the asset type, the type of prepayment that you want on that type of loan. So you have varied prepayments, but you have varied pricing. So anybody that's listening in this morning, I will be pr uh, uh, providing by the end of this week a pricing sizer for you to price out your own loans. Um, so you'll be able to price out and, and actually figure out how to run your own numbers. Shani, can you mute it real quick there? There you go. Thank you. So we're going to, I'm developing something that I'll be providing to the real estate professional, the real estate investor, the real estate agent. I'll be providing the way of pricing out your own deals where you'll be able to run your own numbers, send it back to me, and you'll be able to see the pricing with me and how the loan will price out. There'll be nothing hidden. Everything will be right up front for you to review. Uh, like I said, it'll be sometime by the end of this week. That was one of my big announcements that I'll be making um, where we're going to try to really help out the real estate investor to take it to the next level. We want the most educated real estate professionals in front of us. So the pricing sizers will be for not just debt service coverage ratio, but also for bridge lending. But see, when it comes to bridge lending, meaning fix to rent, fix to flip, you really need to understand a couple basic things and it's not that complicated and the answer should be extremely easy sometimes a lot of people want to make it more complicated but basic questions what are you what is the after repair value what are the repair costs and what is the buying price of the property that should be pretty three basic answers right you would be I couldn't imagine where you get these various numbers if you're giving somebody various numbers you're going to get a very poor result you need to be very, you have to really understand what you're doing when it comes to those three numbers, right? Then the next group of questions, what is your credit score? What is your cash reserves, checking, savings, retirement, lines of credit? And then what is your experience? Well, I walked by a rehab one day, that might give me some experience. Or I'm a licensed realtor, that must be giving me some experience. Or my uncle was a construction general contractor, that must give me experience. And none of that. How many rehabs have you completed in the last 24 months? How many flips have you completed in the last 24 months? How many investment properties do you currently own? These are very specific questions and should have very specific answers. You could not imagine the answers I get back. But I'm a licensed realtor and I've done 100 transactions for 100 other people. Again, how many rehabs have you completed? in the last 24 months zero that's fine it's a starting point how many flips have you completed in the last 24 months zero okay that's fine it's a little humbling to say that but honesty will get you to the right program and the right leverage and the right loan that accommodates your experience if you don't have experience it's gonna it's gonna impact leverage it's gonna impact rate it's going to impact origination. So you have to be honest with your loan officer or your account executive to better understand what your financial capability is 
in the asset-based lending space. So a couple of th additional things before we go to our moderators, okay? Some basic, you know, rental and burr purchase checklists that you want to keep in mind. You know, again, I could I could send these to you. These are great outlines to understanding your checklist, whether it's a single family through four family, five through 25. Is it a fixed to rent? Is it a fixed to flip? Is it a 30-year fixed? Is it a 75% loan of value, 70% loan of value? I do have some preliminary pricing uh, sizers for debt service. I don't have the bridge loans just yet, but I'll be developing them this week to provide to anyone that's interested. So again, we are going to be providing through the Creative Burst Strategies house and podcast pricing sizers to price out your deals. We're literally taking the layer off and literally allowing you to price your own deals out and present them accordingly. But a couple of things you really want to understand when you're putting together a solid checklist, you need to understand your market. You know, once you have figured out your real estate goals and understand your investment criteria, work on finding the market that best fits them, right? Focus especially on picking an area with growing housing market and strong economy. You want a market with solid job growth, inflow of new residents, and that is landlord friendly. That's a little tough, but you got to find that balance. Review the market selection criteria and prioritize it based on what's your most important to you as an investor, as a landlord. Start with a list of major areas in you, where you're residing within an hour, right? Take the Reader Digest version and identify the best opportunities that present to you. Okay, and then back into the criteria that works for you, what type of cash flow you want to make, what type of debt service coverage ratio you want to see, what type of asset you want to own, what type of tenant you want to attract, what type of property management company you want to obtain, is your LLC set up correctly, do you have your operating agreement, do you have your letter of good standing, do you have your EIN letter, do you have your articles of formation? These are some really basic questions that you need to have ready and start preparing your checklist for your lender. Good morning, Shani, and welcome. Brief overview, who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Hey, good morning, Joe. I'm Shawnee. I'm in Eastern Pennsylvania, outside of Philly. I'm a licensed realtor investor. I work a lot with buy and hold clients as well. I think this is a great discussion because I think people really um, don't have, I can speak for some, a lot of people that are first-time investors. Um, I work with course both but people need, don't have the education they need they don't they have no idea what the difference is between a resident uh, mortgage you would get um, for your own personal home and an investment property a lot of people just don't know and you really should never go in blind so I think it's important that you have all the information that you need but I also would love for I know like people are buying a residence for themselves a lot of times when they have first-time buyout programs they require like some education and they can actually, um, for them to, to get that loan, I know there's a couple of programs like that. That would be great to have that for investors because a lot of people just don't know. And they go in, not even looking at, don't think that, you know, it makes them like, but they have no idea, like, what's my acquisition cost? What's going to be my profit margin? What my expenses are to be? They, don't, they have no idea. A lot of people are just starting out. So I think um, education is key. I wish it was required for not only just owner-occupied, but for investment loans. Thank you. Thanks, Shani. I've known Shani for what, close to a decade now? I think she, she's she been in a couple of my classes. They've advanced a little bit, and uh, I really appreciate when she shows up. Uh, good, uh, hopefully, I'll get to see you sometime soon in one of these events coming up. You never know. 
So, you know, when somebody calls me to say, hey, Joe, I'd like to get a quote on a rate. Sure, no problem. I, I need two minutes on the phone with you, right? It's not that complicated, okay, to get a quote. I'm also going to set you up for a pricing sizer so you could best understand why I'm coming up with the numbers that I'm coming up with. I don't want to hide anything with my clients. I want my clients to have full transparency with me. And I think whoever you're going to decide to work with, you want full transparency. So I ask some basic questions. What's your full name? What's your email? What's your phone number, right? Real simple stuff. What's your credit score? Please, for the love of God, don't tell me that you got your credit score from Credit Karma. That's the garbage can of all credit reports. Tell me you went on to MyFICO or uh, Experian.com, did a tri-merge credit report, a soft poll on yourself, spend a little money on myself, like 30 bucks, to find out what my credit criteria is, what my cash reserves are, meaning checking savings, lines of credit, and retirement, because I could recognize 70% of the retirement toward cash reserves. I then ask what the name of the LLC is, whether it's for refinance or for purchase or for fit, you know, whatever the per whatever the, the buying entity is and whoever the guarantor is on that property. Now, remember, in most circumstances, we need to see anybody above 19% ownership of that LLC to be a guarantor or they need to be recognized for their credit report, their cash reserves. So if you have a partner that has poor credit or poor circumstances at the time, Keep them under that 19% rule. I'd keep them somewhere between 5 and 19%. Most lenders need, don't need to see what their financial criteria looks like. So you, you're going to have your prime borrowers that have at least 660 credit score or better, preferably. There's stacking order on credit stacking of what the pricing will look like at 660 to 680, 680 to 700, 700 to 720. 720 to 740, 740 to 760, 760 and above, okay? And then I'm going to ask what the address of the property is. So when you're giving me the address of the property, I'm Googling it at the same time. So we're going to know, okay, what's the asset type? Is it single family? Is it two through four? Is it mixed use? Does it have a rentable square footage of 30 to 70, 30% in favor of the residential space? Is it 50, 50 if it's mixed use? Is it all commercial? I need to know this. And you need to know this because it's going to come back and bite you if you don't know this. So you need to understand what if there is a commercial blend to the subject property, you really need to understand what the rentable square footage is, right? We then want to know, is it a 30-year fixed? What type of leverage are you looking for? If it's a refinance, what do you owe on the property? Is it in hard money? Is that hard money current? Are you behind? What does that situation looks like? Um, are you looking for cash out? Are you looking for cash neutral? Are you looking for a certain rate? Are you looking for a better cash flow? Are you looking for a better debt service? So these are some questions I will have. Now, this is moving along really quick, right? I then go into what the after repair value is or what the stabilized value is, okay? So if you actually did a fix to rent, you, you most likely got an appraisal already knowing what the after repair value is. Has it maintained that value? Did you complete the project? Okay. So then how much were the repairs completed on a project if it was a fix to rent? Or how many repairs need to be done on the property to create that after repair value? So there's different situations depending on whether it's a purchase or refinance, right? Then you need to know what you're buying it at or what did you buy it at? These are very important questions. When did you buy it? Is it one month ago? Is it three months ago? Is it six months ago? There's different seasoning requirements and criteria to back into 
the options of financing. Then I'm going to know want to know a little more. What is the current rent? Is it leased currently? Is it going to be rented? Is it Section 8? Is it market rent? What are the taxes? Did the tax did the tax man come back out after you pulled all these permits and change your taxes? What's the insurance on the property? Is it insured? Is there any other costs that you're incurring on that subject property? And let's talk a little bit about your experience. Do you own a home? Do you rent? Do you own investment properties? How many? How many rehabs have you completed in the last 24 months? How many flips have you, you completed in the last 24 months? These are basic checklist items. Good morning, Joseph. Welcome. Brief overview, who you are, what you do, and thoughts to what do you need to have prepared for your lender. Good morning, Joe. Uh, as always, thanks for having me up here. I'm a buy and hold investor, uh, private money lender, investing tax liens in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, listen, this is a this is a great topic. You know, a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, they shy away on the documents. They wait till what they're asked for by uh, whether it's a bank or or whether you're going for a conventional or a DSCR loan, and and it's really unnecessary, right? I always look at it that. Whether I'm going to you or I'm going to another loan officer, a bank, right, uh, for, for a residential loan, uh, you know, the, the basics are going to be there and what they're going to ask, right? They're going to ask for proof of your credit score, proof of income. They're going to ask for your rental portfolio. Like, I, I when I go to them, I, I always have that stuff ready, right? It's in a OneDrive folder that I have. I send a link to them so they don't have to. You know, get a hundred files and email. They can click on the link and they can look at them. They're all labeled properly. And I always look at it that it's kind of like an interview that you're going for with with your with your lender, right? If you come across as an organized individual, even though I am create chaos, uh, you know, organized chaos. But if you come across that you're organized, you know what you're doing, you're professional. They're going to treat you in that manner, right? And it's also going to reduce your closing cost, your, your closing period of time. Uh, it'll get some confidence in you in the from the lender, and and you'll be able to move your stuff along forward. I'm sure you can attest to that, Joe. Right? If if you're going working with a client and they take a couple of days to get stuff back to you, and you said, "Hey, I need this," and they take another couple of more days, I mean, what's the priority on their loan? Right? Everybody's a priority in your client, but you just can't work on it until they get you that stuff back, right? So, Jim, uh, Joe, great question. Let's stay on Mike for a few minutes. So you're a different type of investor. You're very prepared with your tax returns, W-2s, 1099s, and pay stubs, right? You, you kind of have that available, correct, currently with your yes. bank, right? Yeah. So this is the thing. If you're not going to a bank and you're going to an asset-based lender, you don't need tax returns. You don't need W-2s, 1099s, or pay stubs, right? You strictly need bank statements for the past two months, HELOC information, savings checking, retirement account, right? You then need your credit score. You need the LLC corporate veil, right? And all the documents within that. You need to understand what if it's a refinance, what do you currently owe? Is there a mortgage statement or a payoff letter, right? You need to know what you should have an appraisal from when you did the loan on the after repair value, but you should have a good idea what the property is worth, right? And then you should have a signed lease for 12 months. You should have the current tax bill. You should have the current HOA declaration page and what that looks like. So you know what your, your overhead is. You should understand your cash flow. You should know what type of repairs you completed on the property. You should know what you bought it for. Is there a HUD from the closing? 
right, to document that. These are some basic things that should be collected per property. Now, we do offer, and I know, Joe, you I've provided it to you, is that data tape where you can actually outline all of that during the process. And I know you've, you have filled it out for me, but it kind of overviews. I mean, you could use that. That's a, uh, a timeless and that's a, uh, a huge asset to have to provide, whether you're providing it to me or whatever lender you prefer to submit it to, any lender worth their salt could look through that data tape and know exactly what's going on with the property. What's your thoughts to the data tape? What's your thoughts also having accessibility to price your own deals at as an investor like yourself, if you had that option? No, pricing out your own deals is, is absolutely important, right? Because it helps you work in numbers. But the data tape, yeah, I mean, the, the, listen, when you gave it to me, like I was like, I was frustrated about it, right? But I had to do it. Uh, and then, you know, uh, another one that gave me a personal financial statement. And, and that's just something that I update regularly. I mean, and you're right. On the data tape, it's a, it's an address. It's the rent. It's what your acquisition cost is. And as, as things change, you just update it and it takes minutes after, after you did the final, uh, the, the first, the first set of work on it. And, and again, it's something like that, that, you provide for free, uh, and there's no reason why, like, if I'm coming to you for a loan, I don't have that stuff already ready for you and, and just hand it to you. Hey, Joe, I need a loan. Has this stuff, and, and then, you know, just do sweep up along the way just to get the progress moving forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to make things complicated. I want to make things really easy for the, the client. I, I, want, I want the investor's mindset to be like, listen, this is great. This is so convenient. I could take this and provide it to anybody and they're going to they're going to completely understand who I am, what I'm doing and what my why is as a real estate investor. You need to treat your real estate business as a business. And I mean, I, you know, we had dinner last night, Joe. I, I like to admit you were in company of me. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, you're, you're buying a couple more properties. You're increasing your cash flow. You know what your your additional cash flow is. Because you, you've already ran these numbers on a spreadsheet, right? So you know where you're going to be once you acquire these properties. It's going to be a really easy, whether you want to refinance, buy them cash, buy them with a mortgage, to be able to understand what your cash flow is and understand what your debt service is. Don't, don't you think an investor, the most important part of understanding themselves is understanding their assets? Joe? Well, that's, that's paramount. Right. That's absolutely paramount. If you don't know what you're doing and you're investing in the blind, like, oh, I think my cash flow is this. I, you know, we talked last night and I could tell you down to the penny what my portfolio is bringing in. Right. Uh, barring any unforeseeable maintenance expenses. Right. You can't predict that for the year, but I can tell you how much money I have to set aside for it and what I anticipated it and what I spent last year. Um, and, and I'm not using any fancy spreadsheets uh, or, or, or systems, rather, right? Using a spreadsheet or I use uh, Stessa, which is a free app that I that uh, that's available to anybody. You don't have to pay for it. Uh, so I don't do anything fancy in, in that way, shape, or form. But I can give you a profit and loss statement within probably seconds, if not minutes, of, of my portfolio. Um, and, and if you don't know that, on your business, whether you have one property or you have 500 properties, well, then I, I don't, I, I wouldn't have confidence in you if you came to me as a lender or, you, you know, hey, I need some money to finish this deal. I'd have no confidence in your business whatsoever. And, 
And and that's, again, it's a business, right? It's a profit and loss. And if you're losing money every year, well, then how are you going to pay your loan back that you're going to ask the lender for, right? So, uh, you know, it's absolutely paramount to have that data in front of you. Thank you, Joseph. Um, A couple things. We're providing you documentation, one, to understand your maximum allowable offer and how you should be buying in the property. Now, should you follow that to be biblical? No. That's something for you to go by. We provide a cash flow worksheet to understand your cash on cash return based on the PITIA of the subject property and what your rental income is and what that difference is going to be in your pocket every month. Following all the expenses, property management, deferred maintenance, vacancy, taxes, insurance, HOA, then obviously the monthly debt service of the uh, PI, principal and interest. We're going to provide you a debt service coverage ratio worksheet to understand debt service. We're going to give you also a rehab construction evaluator with the draw schedule so you know how to submit a general construction bid to your lender along with the draw schedule of expectations of how the draw will look like. We'll also now provide you a data tape to, to maintain your portfolio, whether it's one or a hundred properties or a thousand properties, whatever you think you own, it'll be on the data tape. It'll be clean and easy for any lender to understand. So I'll give you an example. I'm working on a 31 property portfolio. I set up in my data tape. I was able to issue terms within 48 hours for a rehab bridge loan for 29 of them. The other two are refinance cash outs based on the data tape completion. It took 15 minutes with the client and we were we, we had a term sheet out there ready to move forward we're ordering appraisals all these properties in north carolina great market great cash flow but now what we're doing is i'm creating a pricing sizer that'll be updated daily whether it's for a broker whether it's for a real estate investor whether it's for a real estate agent where we're going to take the layer out of the way you're going to be able to price your own property out i'm going to teach you how to price your property out and you're going to send that to me and say, Joe, I want to be at this rate based on this cost. Okay, so we're going to take that layer out of the way for you to now price your own loans, whether it's debt service coverage ratio or bridge. We're going to go to Larry. Good morning and welcome. I know Larry's in the lending space. So welcome. Good morning. A little brief over you, who you are, what you do, Larry, and what's your thoughts? What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Joseph, good morning. Uh, yeah, Larry Grant, the premier financial, and that's what I do. I help uh, investors find find the money, find the cash. Um, in the middle of getting ready to help my wife out with something, but I did take some notes and I want to maybe clarify or add to what you had said. So give me one second. Let me get that in front of me. And I appreciate these rooms. So if you feel those give like super good value. So on the experience side, um, there are some, I just wanted the investors to be aware that there are some lenders that uh, that'll do three years. So, I'd say prepare, make sure you're prepared for up to three years. Um, beyond that, it's going to be tough for them to to consider it. I mean, if you want to have that listed, you can. But I'd say that two to three year base is really good to, um, you know, to have prepared. So that's number one. As far as the cost to repair, I would say to get your scope of work Nail down as best as you can. Joseph, I'm open to your thoughts on this. You don't necessarily have to go to the nail, get down to you know the the penny size nail on each uh, on each job at least up front but you know get it pretty well defined so you so that there's no surprises down the road if you're going to be using a gc or you have a contractor if you have a lender 
a lot of this can depend on the scope of work and and your experience but if you have a gc that's going to be required or a uh, contractor try to get them and you should do this for your own sake anyway but have them vetted as, as best you can up front so that doesn't come back to bite you during the um during the underwriting process uh arv i would say get your make sure that your comps if you're doing your own arv or estimated make sure that your comps are good ones as, as we all know uh, a lot of us uh, know or should know you can go to the other side of of the big road and all of a sudden they the comps can go you know big big time up and down uh from there so hopefully that helps and let me just see if there's anything else i wanted to uh mention um joseph martelli you had mentioned having docs and you know your one drive or or just ready i think that's great and it's real easy like i think you were saying it may be a little work up front but it should be organized anyway and if not this this will help you um to get organized uh i think that's it up front like i said i'm a little bit on the move but hopefully that'll help and if i have anything else to add i can just raise my hand so larry stay on mic if you don't mind Okay, so, you know, when it comes to the rehab construction lending space, as we know, on a fixed rent, if it's if it's if it's anything over, I'd say, 43 percent renovation to the purchase price, meaning like if you're buying something for 100 grand and it's over forty five thousand dollars, roughly, you're going to need you're going to definitely need a GC. Anything under like 43 percent of if it's just cosmetic, you most you know private lending bridge lenders like ourselves will. Allow some of the work to be done without the GC work. Now it's going to be case by case. It's also based on the relationship. I, I'm not going to say that a lender is going to give you the kitchen sink deal one, but if they close one or two deals with you in the same, like say six months or eight months, and and they, they're successful completions of rehab, and that relationship has been built, right? The relationship is very important. If you're bringing back the same client or you're bringing back the same, you know, you're coming back with another scenario that's relevant to two other successful deals or one successful deal, that lender is going to get very comfortable with you. They don't, they're not going to just give you away everything on the first deal. And I think that's what happens with a lot of expectations. You know, the Facebook uh, investor legends, I'll, I'll call them, the people that are on Facebook that, you know, they're making off some grand claims of themselves to make themselves feel better on Facebook. I mean, what what do you do, Larry, with these clients that just have really bad expectations to the market? They just think they deserve everything. They deserve one hundred percent financing, and they've never done a deal themselves. I mean, you know, how do you how do you facilitate that in the mindset as as a lender yourself? Okay, so um, you were coming in and out there, and some of some of it was on, on my end as well. So it was like a double whammy. But I think the bottom line. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, but what you're asking is what do you do with someone that has uh, with an investor that has greater expectation or greater a greater opinion of themselves as far as experience goes and what they deserve as far as leverage, correct? Correct. I mean, I think there's a lot of expectations that are based on poor marketing by, you know, some lenders out there that are just putting things out to just capture you and then, mm -hmm. you know, bait and switch what they're going to provide back. I'm not really a big fan of that. So, how do you offset that by you know building the relationship with the real the investor to kind of get that trust to say, listen, you know, let's get you the first deal done, let's get you mm -hmm. terms, let's get you closed, you know, and then things are going to get a little I want to say easier, but the process is going to be a little better. So, how do you how do you handle that where you have a 
a market right now where everybody thinks they're supposed to get, you know, 8% bridge money and, and no points. And, uh, you know, we should get a hundred percent financing on everything. Cause we're just great people. And I got a 620 score, but I deserve the same rates as a 700 credit score. How do you deal with that as a lender right now? Okay. So, so I'm actually a loan advisor. So I work with different lenders, which kind of helps in that, in that area. What I, I try to address as much of that up front. So I pretty much, I'll, I'll do my initial interview with them or have them uh, send me some key information that I just, I'll send them a questionnaire um, and I get that information. I, I just handle it up front. So I'll tell them, yeah, you know, if you've got this kind of experience um, in the last, you know, if you've got X amount of deals in the last two to three years, this is what you can expect. And because I know different lenders, I can tell them, look, this is, this is just, you know, this is the way it is, but maybe hold out some hope for them. Say, first of all, if the numbers work, as we've discussed in this room many times, if the numbers work, that's the bottom line. You want to get the numbers to work, make sure they work. And not that you, you want to just take any any deal, but based the bottom line is, will the numbers work for you? And if they will, then I'll try to get you the best deal that I can within the within your your given situation. And like you said, it could, there could be, there's experience, there's different factors, uh, two big ones, which you just mentioned, I believe was the, was the credit itself and, um, and experience. So that's pretty much it. I'll just do it. Just, just up front, let them know there. And then if they have questions, you know, I can answer it, but, uh, just hold that hope safe. Once you get this under your belt, they may only be one or two deals away. You know, some of them might have a little experience, but just not quite to get to that next, excuse me, to that second tier. And so you can just hold out that book for them and, and uh, you, you know, and guide them that way. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize the way that asset-based lending works now, it's based on how many investment properties you own, how many rehabs completed in the last 24 to 36 months, how many flips that have been completed in the last 24 to 36 months, what's your credit score, what's the asset type, what's the credit re cash reserves that you have, right? Who are the partners in the LLC? How does that base that? How does that balance out who is who on on in the LLC? Okay, so there's there's certain basic questions where you could back into a quote rather quickly. It's not that complicated. It shouldn't be complicated because asset based lending doesn't require all the same financial documentation that a direct a, 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 a traditional lender asks. Like I was in an interview yesterday, Larry, with a property manager on our podcast. And he's telling me he having, he's having so many problems with his bank right now to, because, you know, he's in a massive reset of five-year arms on all these properties. They're all ballooning. The bank's not willing to give him a new loan. They're, they're dragging him along, okay? And I'm like, well, listen, I really don't care about your tax returns, your W-2s and, you know, 1099s. He's like, wait a minute, who are you? He's like, why won't, don't you need my tax returns? I said, I just have to look at the income and expense of the property based on debt service coverage ratio. I'm assuming credit is 700 above. He goes, oh, absolutely. And he goes, I go, how's cash reserves? He goes, I have a million in the bank. I said, that's great. I said, how many partners in the LLC? It's three. He goes, they're all 700 plus score. I said, do you want 30 year fixed money? What type of prepayment you want with the properties? What type of, uh, you know, what's your plan on the properties in the next three to five to 10 years? You know, we could do a, a longer prepayment where there'll be a better rate. Or if you're looking at 1031, some of these properties, we can do a three-year prepay. We could do a two-year prepay. We could do a no prepay. But it's all relative to what your plan is with the property. He goes, he goes, 
He goes, you're not a bank? I said, no, we, I'm a hedge fund. I mean, that's what the difference is between a traditional lender and an asset-based lender. We're really looking at the asset. We're really looking at the client and the strategy. And we don't have limitations like a bank does. Oh, you know, you know, you know how banks are. They're like, oh, well, we can't do more than $2 million with you. You're kind of capped out with us. I don't have a cap. You don't have a cap, Larry. Like with the lenders you work with, there's unlimited. There's more money than deals right now, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, again, putting together a checklist to be the better investor today is much different than five years ago when you had to follow the 10 mortgage rule. You had to find these mysterious banks that would do loans for you in the LLC. Now the banks don't want to do the LLC loans. And now all, every, the asset-based lenders want to do all the LLC loans. So it, it's kind of a... The whole market has shifted, and that's where you got to build your local team or your regional team or your national team because it's important to network and find a reputable local, uh, reputable professionals to work with before you start looking for properties to purchase or refinance. Very least, you got to identify a good agent, real estate agent, a good property manager is key, a good GC. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking with you know the property manager yesterday on the interview. And we had a, I said, listen, you know, get, get yourself, get your ass up at six o'clock in the morning, get over to the Home Depot and start giving out some complimentary coffee gift certificates to the guys that are loading two by sixes and two by fours and sheetrock because they're going to a job. They're active. I want to know where they're doing their next job because when they finish with that job, I want them to do my work. I want qualified GCs that are doing, they're, they're actually transactional. And you had to see his face. He's like, oh my God. He goes, he goes, that's exactly what I do to find my subcontractors and my contractors right now. I go to the Home Depot at 6 o'clock in the morning and start grabbing and giving out Dunkin' Donut gift certificates. Not a bad idea, right? Yeah, no, that, that's a good idea. Well, thank you, Larry, for coming up this morning. No, you're welcome. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Quick reset to the Creative Bird Strategy House. We are here every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., every Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We're now live. On Spotify and Apple, we are now a full-blown podcast at Creative Bird Strategies on, on either one. We have a website, creativebirdstrategies.com, and we are now offering national events across the country through Realty 411, Linda Pelagas in, in L.A., Denver, Philadelphia. The, 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 the collaboration with Linda and putting these great events together and working with all of us has just been fantastic. Uh, Denver's coming up in March. Philadelphia's in April. LA's in the fall. I know she's probably got a couple other surprises for us as well. Uh, we're, we just did a great podcast with one of her previous speakers, Michael, Michael Poggi, on land deals and how to make money with land. What a great conversation we had yesterday in a podcast that will be getting released in the next week with Yardell Perkins of Perkitech, one of our key sponsors. Listen, we are one of the only... We are the only group that has all that within Clubhouse. And I want to thank Clubhouse. I hope they listen to these, these discussions. We're here to provide education, networking, and creating opportunities. We put unique subjects out every Saturday and Sunday, 30 days in advance. So you know exactly what we're speaking about, what we're discussing. We're on always on replay. We, we hide nothing. We are here to provide insight, strategy, and education. Good morning, Linda, and welcome. 
brief overview of who you are, what you do, and thoughts to what do you need to have prepared for your lender. Good morning, Joseph. Congratulations on the expansion of the Creative Birth Strategies platform on Spotify. And um, I think it's great what you're doing with your new website, with the podcast. I'm really excited to be uh, associated with you and the Creative Birth Strategies movement. And um, just really excited where things are going. So congratulations with that. And my name is Linda Pliagas. I'm the founder of Realty411.com. We're a news and information website, and we help investors in their journey. We also produce digital and print magazines, virtual and live events, and more. Now, the documents you're going to need to provide a lender will depend on the type of loan product you're seeking. Now, usually your full doc loan will have the most favorable interest rate, but will also require a lot more documentation. You'll need to get your tax returns ready and provide possibly two years worth of tax documents as well. They're also going to analyze your credit score and see how many mortgages you already have. In contrast, a private money loan, hard money loan, or a DSCR loan, which stands for debt service coverage ratio, will often require much less documentation. In fact, the DSCR loan will use a financial metric to assess the entity's ability to generate enough cash to cover its debt service. The type of loan an investor will seek out will depend on many factors, including their down payment, their goals with the property, and the financial credibility of the buyer. Now, remember, the greater the down payment, the higher your interest score, and the more documentation you can provide, generally, that will help you secure the best financial scenario. Thank you so much. Back to you, Joseph. Linda, thank you. If you could stay on mic, I mean, have you, you know, being in the industry like yourself, Linda, and being part of a publication, having you really felt the difference in the lending space where you know everybody used to just go to the bank now there's all this money being thrown around you know like it's like it's almost like water in a way but there's yet there's still a little le level of regulation like like at the LA at the LA Reexpo the only people you had there were asset based lenders there there was no banks there present i mean because you know if, if you really want to buy a house it's great but everybody's buying investment properties you know, have you have you felt the difference? You know, from a publication perspective, the the lending impact to what's going on with your publication and the discussions you're having with real estate professionals. Like, has it changed over the last couple of years? Just literally post COVID. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, everything got shaken up when the um, interest rate hikes happened last year with so many of them. And um, quite honestly, a lot of newer investors are not 
really made a va- you know made aware of all the different financial options that are open to them yeah um a lot of newer investors that you know are just starting out they may only be aware of the traditional financing option because that's what they have on their home. They yeah. have a 30 year traditional principal and interest um, mortgage. But there are so many other options available to investors. And, you know, that's why I love what we do because we can educate them on the different options that they have available so that number one, they can qualify for the deal. And number two, they can expand their portfolio much faster and buy more properties because of the different loan options that are available now. Um, you know, when I started, they weren't that many uh, options available. I mean, I started with traditional financing, 30-year notes, and it was really difficult to qualify. We lost a lot of properties because we didn't qualify for them. If I would have been more well-versed on all you know, on on private lending and leverage and hard money, bridge loans, then I would have had much more options and perhaps I wouldn't have lost um, the properties that I wanted to buy and didn't qualify for. So a lot of it, I think, is education, yeah. is knowledge, um, informing the investors of the different options that are available. And um, a lot of times when investors are buying property, you know, they're not, you know, they're kind of working on their own because a lot of times when I buy property, um, I, I, I look for the property and I find the property on my own. So I don't really have a buyer's agent like helping me and guiding me. Now I am a real estate agent, so um, I do have an advantage, but I think a lot of investors may not have the right person guiding them or mentoring them. And, you know, if they only educated themselves a little bit more or they have someone to really guide them and help them, I think they would just, you know, be able to really blossom and buy even more properties under for their portfolio. Thank you, Linda. And I don't know if you were on when we went, when I announced, I'm now providing a pricing sizer by the end of this week that will be updated daily where you could price your own loans out, whether for debt service coverage ratio, one through four, or even five through 25, or bridge loans, meaning fixed to rent or fixed to flip. It'll have all their criteria where you can go in and break it all down and price out your own deals based on experience, based on credit score, based on cash reserves. And to answer Arson's question, he was he asked about general contracting experience. Um, so basically, if a general contractor has you know 10 years experience and they want to get into the business, where I, I meet a lot of them, they really want to get into the business, they want to get involved, I want to see what their first deal is. Like if it's the first deal, I'm going to probably be at 80% on purchase and 100% on the construction. I'm going to want to keep them at under 50% of the renovation to the purchase price. Okay. I might even want to see some of their past immediate rehabs they've done for others. 
Rates are going to be somewhere between 10 to 12% interest only and a couple points. But once they get past that first deal and they show that they completed it and it's successful, whether they sell it or refinance it, I'm also going to want to see a credit score of 660 credit score or better in that LLC. I'm going to then probably get up to 85% on the purchase, 100% on the construction. They get that third deal done, I'm probably going to go 90% on purchase, 100% on construction. You see how this all works? We're going, to, we're going to benefit them on their successful tombstones on completed projects. We'll get you up to 90% loan of cost on purchase, 100% on construction. I'm not giving you 100% on both. Credit has to still be there because I need to know that there's an exit strategy. I'm not a predatory lender. So I want to be I want to I want to be strategic. I want to be very open-minded about it. I want to build the relationship, but I also want to make sure I get my money back at the end of the day and I'm not going through a foreclosure pro process to recover my money. And that's probably the biggest concern any lender has is foreclosures. They don't they don't want to foreclose on you. They don't want to own your property. They want you to come back with successful discussions of completed projects we want to see property appreciation we want to see that you're buying in an area where it has population growth the job market is strong rental demand is strong because rental right now demand is is flatlining with so many units coming to the front line through multifamily development and repurposing of a lot of old office retail rental rates need to make sense you need to understand your rental markets property taxes need to be friendly or friendlier Local regulations, meaning from the landlord-tenant perspective, you're going to hold some of these properties. Now, we're going to go over real quick before we go to our next uh, moderator, top 15 best cities to invest in real estate in 2024, based on this information. Number one is Boise, Idaho. Number two is Austin, Texas. Number three is Orlando, Florida. Number four is Tampa, Florida. Number five is Reno, Nevada. Number six is Raleigh, North Carolina. Number seven is Spokane, Washington. Number eight is Chicago, Illinois. Number nine, Houston, Texas. Number 10, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number 11, Charlotte, North Carolina. Number 12, Columbus, Ohio. Number 13, Lakeland, Florida. Number 14, Ocala, Florida. And number 15, Birmingham, Alabama. And I can proudly say I've been in 10 of the top 15 markets in the past year. So, you know, I'm glad I've been out there and networking in these great markets. Good morning, Jim, and welcome. Brief overview, who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Clubhouse. Hope everybody's having a sensational Sunday. I don't think there's anything going on today, is there? I don't know. Hey, uh, I'm Jim. I'm out in the Denver area up in Broomfield. I own two different meetup groups, and uh, we meet basically four times a month with those groups. We also own a coaching program where we help students find the property find the funding we help them go through the fixed process and either they flip it or fill it and then we repeat it and the biggest things we tell our students is there's a key word in the topic up there joe be prepared start as soon as you think you want to be an investor start with your company first make sure your llc set up straight talk to an investor friendly cpa an investor friendly lawyer to make sure that paperwork set up up front whatever your niche is if you're going to be a landlord talk to that same lawyer make sure your uh 
your uh, leases are done correctly. I mean, we did a podcast while back. The guy comes and goes, "Hey, I just, I just turned my home my home into a rental, and I got this contract, but I'm not protected. How can I? When can I change my contract?" We we're like, "How long is your lease?" He goes, "Twelve months." He's like, "Well, you can change that contract in twelve months. Be prepared up front. Research your niche." We talked about ARV earlier. Do not trust anybody's ARV numbers. Wholesalers' numbers are all over the place. They're very rarely correct. You need to learn how to get online within just a short amount of time, come up with your own realistic ARV, come up with your own realistic rehab budget, and be able to get those numbers correctly so you can give them to people like Joe. But be prepared even before you start looking for a property. And interview agents, real estate investor friendly agents that understand what we're talking about in our language. They understand what you're doing, how you're doing it. And get those people interviewed before. Talk to several money sources, both private and you know, commercial, hard money, whatever. Because one Joe may be able to help you on 90% of your projects, but there may be a project that Joe may not be a good fit. So you interview several, give them the same questions, you know, give them the same list of questions, interview everybody, and then compare it off the spreadsheet and be ready to go before you even start looking for a project. I've done hard money brokering. I've worked with people like Joe, and I'm also a private money lender. I can't tell you how many times I get a phone call on Friday or worse yet, Saturday, going, I need money to close on a property. Monday, or I've got a closing Wednesday. Help, help, help. Be prepared. Get everything lined up in advance. Then when you find that property, if it's a wholesale deal, we take our students out to houses. And sometimes it's like a showing is at 3 o'clock. We're going to accept offers by 5, and we're going to close this by 6. You don't have the time to go, hey, I found a property. Now I need to go find my money. You better have your money up, done, up front, up front. Be prepared, just like the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. <laughs> and the Coast Guard, I'm a retired Coast Guard, and we're always ready, except for piranhas. But up front, get everything lined up, interview these people, and have everything in place before you even start looking. So then when you find out how property, the fuse is, time fuse is short, you can jump on it, pull the trigger, and you'll know that you're going to make good money up front. You make the money when you buy, and you should know how you what your outcome is going to be hey uh come join us and miss linda mr joseph and several other speakers from across the country in denver in march i got it in the chat up top we're going to have a multi-day event we're going to have 30 speakers vendors it's going to be a great time lunch is going to be included we have happy hours each night uh we're just going to have a great time down here sunday we'll take uh a bus tour Tim's going to load it up and take you around the Denver area, showing you different neighborhoods, different mar uh, markets within the market. And we want to tell you what's going on in Denver, but we want you to come be a part of it. We want to hear what's going on in your area as well. So again, I'll put the link in the in the chat here. And um, we got we kind of brought back an extra uh, discount. With the discount is $50 if you use the code IS50. IS50, you save $50 at checkout. There's multiple options. You can attend Friday, you can attend Saturday, or you can buy a package where you can attend the whole weekends. Love to see you come out and hang out with Linda because, yes, Linda does some awesome events. I've been with her 
in Philly, Irvine, L.A., Dallas. Is there any others? New York. I've been all over this lady. She knows how to put on a good show. So come be a part of it and have a great weekend. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jim. Look forward to being out there in Denver. Uh, you know, listen, when you're, when you're a nationwide direct private lender, you have the, the privilege and the opportunity to meet so many great people, okay? And this year, I feel there's compelling opportunities that will emerge in the commercial real estate space for investors. I, I, I have no doubt on it because I'm seeing people coming off the sidelines looking at repurposing properties. The creativity is so high right now. As high interest rates and an economic slowdown, perhaps even a mild recession we're actually, I think, we're in or leaning toward, it's going to lead to bargain pricing for certain assets. All right. Home affordability optimism is not on the rise. It's kind of like have, has leveled off. It's only out of necessity based on market rates currently. You know, with the average fixed mortgage rate steadfast is around 7%. The investor uh, homeowners are very concerned about whether they want to make that next move. They want to stay still. There's still a very large percentage. I think it's something like sixty percent or better of uh, people that have mortgages that they have rates in the two to three percent range. They they really don't want to see six or seven percent right now for themselves if they wanted to move. They're only moving out of necessity. So I think this is a very unique time of of an foreign investor with asset based lending being so present in the market. Being so present where you can actually get into a deal, close within three to four weeks with half the paperwork or a quarter of the paperwork. But you still have certain things that need to be done there. You need to know what your credit score is like. You need to know what your credit, your cash reserves are. Do you need a line of credit opened up on the unsecured side in the LLC? Do you have an LLC? Do you have all the documents in place? Do you understand comps and values on the after repair value? Are you working with a good realtor that understands those comps? Do they understand market rents versus Section 8 rents in that market? Do they understand the taxes and the insurance? Do they have a good insurance person to go to? These are some very important questions. And they really should understand, you know, what does your pre-approval look like and what is your, your max capacity? Okay? You, there's nothing wrong introducing your realtor to the lender that you're working with. All right. There's absolutely nothing wrong. It's a very open discussion and there's a lot of honesty being provided and it's putting people in a line in your power team. Good morning, Mark. Welcome. Brief overview, who you are, what you do and thoughts to our discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Good morning. Thanks um, for allowing me to speak, Joe. Um, Full-time real estate investor here in South Jersey area. I've been buying holes. Um, also a South Jersey REA board member. Um, also a founder of a group called the Black Investor Group. I'm trying to basically bridge the informational gap to build black wealth in the black community. Um, and then I also am a GC of our project and other investor projects as well. Uh, I think the guy, Jim Price, me speaking, hit a lot of it, um, being prepared. For me, I do a lot of things with private money. So a lot of my borrowing power and leverage um, relationships. So with that, I usually come prepared with like numbers, how to have multiple exit strategies, how to pay my private people money, their money back in a certain amount of time and really focus on meeting those deadlines. And then I usually refi out, uh, earn a lot of it doing, uh, DSCR loans. So I already have like my LLC paperwork together. Um, by the time I start that process, I already have a tenant kind of in place, it's free and probably already in place. These leases are already set up. I'm able to get to the closing table pretty quick with my um, loans. And then when I deal with hard 
money onto the blue when I deal with hard money. I also had a lot of other frameworks uh, together. But for me personally, I like doing private money and a lot of BSGR loans. Um, and then with, like, for example, deal flow, I do a lot of deals with realtors bringing me pocket listings and leveraging that by having them find me deals in specific areas that I like and then automatically give them a listing when I fix and flip or give them that same listing when I go to rent and find the tenant. That's how I've been able to build my portfolio and things that I need. Well, it sounds like you have a great real estate investor mindset there, Marcus. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, a lot of it too, Joe, is like, just you're building the right team. Like, um, I think, of, like you say, too, like, about, like a basketball analogy, right? Like, who's my starting point guard, right? So a lot of times that's my private money or my coach. Um, certain real estate uh, best, uh, agents that I use are invested for me. They also own real estate, so that helps. Same thing with my seat, uh, my attorney. She owns some real estate. Um, who are my other investor friends around? Who are they using for insurance? Who are they use? I use a lot of referral, things like that. So then when I speak to those people, I already know what a lot of these companies or other entities are looking for. So then I come with them. It's very easy to get things done um, when you have those uh, people, and pe people and things in place. Well, thank you, Marcus. I, I don't know if you were part of the uh, announcement. I'm now providing a pricing engine for investors, real estate agents, service providers, brokers, where they could price their own deals out whether from a brokering perspective or for themselves, we, we're taking the layer off where you could actually price your own deal out from debt service coverage ratio or bridge with these sizers. I'll have that up and running probably by the end of the week. We're, we, it's in pre-development. Um, then also, I still always provide all the worksheets that I provided to the Black Investors Group when after I did a brief uh, presentation a couple months ago with Marcus. Um, listen, there's a financial literacy issue here right now for all real estate investors and real estate agents and service providers. There's not enough education being provided, understanding what's going on in the lending industry. You could have the best power team in the world, but if you don't understand lending, you're not going to go real too, too far in growth and strategy and education. You need to be educated, understanding what are the elements of a checklist that's needed for a lender. And from an asset-based lending, it's completely different than traditional lending now. Also, you have to have the right mindset. I just put an article out on LinkedIn on real estate investor mindset. Number one is consider real estate investment as a business, not a hobby. Have self-confidence to start a project. Accept that you can't control everything. Have a long-term vision. And always be in learning mode. We have some great educational workshops coming up on understanding uh, asset-based lending. I have one coming up for South Jersey investors. I have another one, one coming up in Philadelphia. I have some going out and I'm going to be out in uh, uh, right past King of Prussia with a presentation I'm doing. I'm doing a couple of those. One out in uh, the Poconos as well because people want to understand how to put this checklist together to be a better investor for their, for their deals. Good morning, Anna. Welcome. Brief overview who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Hey, good morning. This is Anna Abbott and Marco. I'm a listing specialist here in Chester County, Pennsylvania. We're about 40 minutes west of Philly. And uh, look, if you're not supplying all your documentation, whether you're owner-occupied, you know, buying your first home, second home, or investing, and you're not speaking to a lender first, you're just window shopping. And I got to tell you, as a realtor, it's a little annoying <laughs> from the investors out there. 
who, for example, like I, I, there's this one up and coming young kid investor here in my local market. I've known him for years and my kids know him and whatever. Anyhow, he owns six by his first six buy and holds that he's got them all rented out. And then some um, storage facility places and whatnot. So he's doing great, like as a young kid, right? Now, either realtors don't know enough and he's experienced six transactions and hasn't even gotten like the basic understanding from the realtors he's worked with or I'm not really sure. Like, I, I don't know where the disconnect is. Like I see articles that talk about, you know, if you were to sell your home yourself, would you do better than you would with a realtor? I think you can't really answer that question honestly, unless you know who the realtor is, right? Like more often than not, I find the realtors themselves don't really know enough to get their client through a transaction. And it's funny that you say that. I used to be a CE instructor outside of working at Temple University at the real estate school. And I had a massive frustration trying to offer the, the course of asset-based lending to different real estate associations. So I, I stopped doing it because it was just wasting my time and just wasting a lot of phone calls because I would bring 30 realtors into a room and discuss asset-based lending, understanding commercial lending. And it was like I was talking a whole nother language and they felt that they just wanted to stick with home ownership. Now, irony enough, now that the market has shifted on, in front of their faces, I'm getting all these inquiries to come back to teach the same course because now they're like, hey, wait a minute. You know what? You were making a lot of sense a couple years ago before COVID. We need you back to help educate us because no one explains it as well as you. And I kind of find a little irony to it. And I'm starting to get back out there in that educational piece. I have about six or seven speakings coming up over the next 45 days. But, you know, it was a massive frustration trying to help realtors understand investing financing because it was almost like they didn't really want to. It was kind of like secondary to them. And now that business has changed for a lot of them, now everybody wants to be an investor-friendly realtor. And I think it's a little too late for some of them. Uh, you know, I think what's happened is the investor got frustrated with a lot of realtors and a lot of them, a strong percentage of them at least, became licensed realtors to avoid, you know, category, you know, weeding out realtors that actually understand investing, friend, being investor friendly. They just became uh, realtors themselves with EXP, Real, all the low priced out, you know, you know, barrier of entry, uh, you know, flagged real estate companies because there's not a lot of overhead. They're friendly to investor-friendly realtors. Um, they don't have all the same requirements as some of these uh, older, long-in-the-tooth real estate offices have. And uh, I, you're obviously seeing the pivot in front of our eyes. Well, just to clarify on that point, Joseph, <laughs> because I was a diamond agent with Berkshire Hathaway. There you go. And I have been now and will be for probably ever with the XP and we certainly don't choose this brokerage because it's you know low point of entry uh we choose it because we're sick and tired of paying i was paying well, I, I i meant i meant the overhead thousand dollars a year yeah getting my license there so i meant the overhead i made i made i meant the overhead meaning low barrier of entry meaning you, you don't have a high monthly that's what i meant like with a lot of these bigger ticketed it's hundreds of dollars uh a month plus they're taking way more commission 
EXP and real, I'm a real broker, a real with real brokerage. They, I mean, we're we're keeping most of our commissions. So same. are very expensive. Let me tell you, for them to make a diamond agent plaque, it, it cost me a hundred grand. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, and what's happened is the investor sees that, and they're not going to go to those those cumbersome, big, weighted down real estate offices. They're going to go to a more flexible office environment. And what that's doing is it eliminating opportunities for the real estate agents that are trying to play catch up to be now investor friendly. Well, guess what? Now their competition in the investor space is the investor because asset-based lending, they've taken the bull by the horns and understand it. Understand you don't need to go to the bank. You can go to the hedge fund for self-employed, low doc or no doc type of loan. As long as their credit score is 616 above, they have cash reserves. They have experience in rehabs or flips. They understand how to buy correctly like Jim was talking about. They understand after repair value or stabilized value. They understand the rental market. They understand taxes, insurance, property management. They have a relationship typically with a property manager or maintenance company. Now, I know some people like to self-manage, and that's fine. But there's a certain capacity that every investor has that they need to be at a certain point. They're going to need property management. They're going to need it. If they want to grow correctly, and keep their books in check and maintenance in check. Eventually, I feel there's going to be a need for management in place to you, part of your power team. They also have to understand they, they need to be able to tell a client what an ARV will mm -hmm. be on a property. They need to have contractors, handymen, inspectors. They you know they have to have the resources as well in their local market. And I think where a lot of realtors go wrong is they spread themselves thin. They'll go anywhere in the state that they're licensed to sell real estate, uh, and they don't build those relationships, those very necessary relationships, um, and become hyper-local in the market that they truly understand, that they know the local agents, and they have all the resources that their clients will need to get through a transaction. And I don't know if you're aware, I, I have a course coming, an evening course uh, in Philadelphia on February 19th at New Bold Exchange. Uh, if you want to come by, I'd love to meet you in person, 6.30 to 8.30. We're actually happy. And where in Philly, there's certain parts I'm not allowed to go to. <laughs> South Philadelphia, 17th and Snyder, New Bold Exchange. Uh, we'll have bodyguards for you. You know, Just make sure we'll have crowd control when you walk up. Make sure nobody, uh, you know... <laughs> But it's right off of uh, Snyder Avenue. Seven I'm just kidding. We just opened a new office in Fishtown. Oh, okay. My husband was adamant about me. Like, so my son wound up. And, and it's funny because my son's not in real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had to go see another property beforehand. So he just came to the, you know, the event with me. And he's like six foot three, 250, 60 pounds. Oh, just like me. Right. So he looks like a football player. And, and people actually thought he was my bodyguard. It was really funny. Where, what part of Fishtown? Is EXP up? It is on, oh gosh. Um, Gerard? The building is, is gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'll, I'll put it in the chat. I'll tell you. In a yeah, moment. And if I, I used to live in Fishtown with my wife. That's I'm why. terrible with uh, you know, remembering names and addresses. It's uh, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, York Street, uh, 2424 oh. York oh, yeah. Street. That's where my office used to be. I, I used to live right on the street. Yeah, I know the area well. Arson, good morning and welcome. 
brief overview of who you are, what you do, and thoughts to our discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Hi, Joe. Good morning. Uh, appreciate you having me on here. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, do you hear me well? Because I'm driving right now. Yes, we do. Awesome. Uh, so I'm basically a real estate agent. I was in the sphere of sales for a while, analytics, uh, finished college, realized that you want to be in the sales sphere if you want to make any kind of money. And uh, I really appreciate this talk. I mean, you, we're really learning a lot about what talks are required, what information is available, because I think uh, this kind of information outside of you, Joe, I haven't really heard anybody educating about these kind of things online. The only thing that I hear about online is that you can go to some old people and offer them 10 cents on a dollar for their property. That's what everybody's, you know, trying to advertise on TikTok. Mm -hmm. But so I do really appreciate this uh, information. Myself, I'm a real estate agent right now. Sell on average about $7.5 million in Lehigh Valley. And I'm trying to get into investing because I think I can, this is like the next logical step for me. So I do appreciate your knowledge, Joe. Thank you, Arson. We met. I met Arson at a presentation I did for uh, Garrett Rhodes, I think, or I forget which one, but uh, he reached out to me just recently, so I invited him onto the uh, clubhouse. Glad you were able to make it this morning. I appreciate it, Dan. Yeah, it was a great conference. You taught us a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. And and again, if you have an, if you were looking for an educational workshop, and you really want to understand the differences between traditional lending, hard money, and asset based lending. I usually put together either a 60-minute presentation or I could do a full-blown workshop, say, on a weekend, which I'm doing for South Jersey investors, for about two hours. And I usually, you know, sponsor lunch or breakfast, whatever it might be, um, for the attendees. Um, and we go over it. We, we dive deep. I provide all the worksheets that I provide to anybody that's willing to email me. And I will so soon be sending a pricing sizer for people to price out their own deals, which is going to be great. Very excited about that. It's taken about a month to put together. So we could size and price out debt service coverage ratio and bridge loans for you so you can see what you're paying. And it's, it, it literally just pulls the layer off of understanding how to price out a loan for yourself with a lender. So since I'm a direct private lender, there's no brokerage fees. So we cut all the costs out of the way and just make it one layer. You're working with a direct lender with the, where the money's right behind us. Timothy, good morning and welcome. Brief overview who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion this morning. What do you need to have prepared for your lender? Timothy, going once. There you go. Quick announcement. Yes, um, honestly, all the advice and everything you've said, spot on. Um, sorry, I'm, uh, I've been inhaling some uh, anti-mold uh, stuff this morning, but uh, that's doing a project right now. Um, honestly, my again, it comes back to know your numbers. Uh, my advice is know your numbers, know which, which investment vehicle works for you, um research your lenders uh ask two or three lenders um this the stuff that joe is asking is required that's going to be pretty much required of anybody who is willing to lend you money um make you know make sure it's backed uh, again no asset lender wants to be stuck holding holding the bag for uh for bad decisions um and uh again 
this is something I'm kind of going through now. Uh, my background here, I'm a buy and hold real estate investor up here in the Lehigh Valley. I'm also the co-host of the weekend wrap up with Garrett Rhodes. Um, note tonight, we will not be having that. Uh, due to uh, the Super Bowl. I hope everybody just enjoys some time off, but we will be back next week uh, with some additional content material, so stay tuned. Uh, Joseph, again, um, thank you for the room. Got a bunch of definitely um, great knowledgeable moderators up here that are really um, well-versed in their fields. Uh, my field is more of uh, project management and buy and hold real estate investing. So uh, I'm glad to have a listen in and glad that I uh, was able to take back some information from you and other uh, other folks in the, out in the investing space. Uh, look forward to getting on the podcast one day. And uh, again, Joseph, thank you very much for having me up on stage. Thanks, Timothy. You know, there was a, there's a, a comment in, in, the, in the chat, and I just want to add to that. Rates right now in the commercial lending space for one through four residential investment or five through 25 units are near better or equivalent to banks right now based on speed, expedition, and documentation requirements. So right now, rates for a single family through four family with a bank is somewhere between high sixes to mid sevens with a five-year arm and a 25-year amortization. A direct private lender in the asset-based lending space is anywhere between 6.75 and 7.5% on a 30-year fixed with the options of either a 54321 prepayment, a 321, a no prepayment, and your rates vary based on that. Our credit score requirements start at 660, where banks start at 680 minimum, typically on average. So right off the bat, and then not collection of tax returns, pay stubs, W-2s, 1099s, that's off the checklist. So from an investor perspective, for owner-occupied, we don't do owner-occupied. So we're not competing with banks in regards to owner-occupied or secondary homes. We're in, we are the competition in the investment space based on a bridge loan that can close between two and three weeks, meaning a fixed to rent or fixed to flip, or a 30-year fixed loan, up to 80% loan to value based on the debt service coverage ratio of 1.0 or better, with a credit score minimum of 660, 30-year fixed with varied prepayment options where a bank only has one prepayment option, closing in three to four weeks on a refinance. And the only requirements we need is an appraisal to be done and expedited. So down, right down the middle, Asset-based lending has made themselves the competition investment space. You need to understand your checklist. You need to understand how to evaluate your deals. We are now providing multiple worksheets for your education. We're now offering the maximal allowable offer worksheet to how to pencil your deal down to buy smarter. We're offering the cash on cash return or cash flow worksheet is what we call it to understand your cash flow on the property every month. We're offering the debt service coverage ratio worksheet to better understand debt service coverage ratio to be the better investor we're offering a rehab construction budget worksheet along with a draw schedule to be the better rehabber we're now then offering a data tape to better pencil your deal portfolio down so you can present it to a lender and understand what you have in front of you as a portfolio owner and then now we're offering a pricing sizer to price your own loans out whether it's single family through four family, five through 25, 
if it's a fixed or rent, fixed or flip. So there'll be two different type of sizes. One will be debt service. The other will be bridge. All this is based on credit score, cash reserves, the LLC, how many investment properties you own or don't own, how many rehabs you've completed in the last 24 to 36 months or have not, and how many flips that you have completed in the last 24 to 36 months or have not. These are basic questions to price out your deal correctly with a commercial lender working with you and your power team. These are the basic needs that you have to prepare yourself to work with any lender that's out there in, in, the, in the, the industry right now. I'm so proud of our moderators and what we've done in providing now a live podcast. We're here on Clubhouse. We have national events. We're providing workshops, worksheets. We're interviewing our moderators, getting them in front of everyone on our podcast. We're here at creativebirthstrategies.com. Follow Realty 411. Come to Denver. Come to Philadelphia. Come to our workshops. Let's get you interviewed on our podcast. Let's get you credibility and branding to your business. Inquire about that as well. Inquire about the worksheets. Inquire about the sizers that are out there. Linda, do you have any final words to our discussion this morning? Linda? Uh, yes, I would encourage everyone to join us in Denver. Jim and Tim are doing a great job in putting the event together. Joseph will be there. I'll be there. Um, it's wonderful to learn on Clubhouse and online, but nothing really beats out meeting people in person, shaking their hands, and just, you know, the energy of learning all together is amazing. And I would encourage everyone to join us in Denver or join us in one of our upcoming live events. You will be so happy that you did and you'll learn so much and meet great connections as well. I also thank you, Linda, and I also want to thank Yardell Perkins of Perkitech, who orchestrates all this behind the scenes. Probably one of the best social media strategists I know in the industry. Uh, does graphic artwork, does website design. Uh, he's building out the Creative Bird Strategies website. He's building out my personal website at josephvscarice.com. Uh, he's been a vital part of my power team for the last decade, whether running events, recording events, podcasting. Uh, worksheets, spreadsheets, marketing flyers. He's been a great ad. You should add him to your power team as well. I'd love to finish off our quote this morning that I typically do. Survive too many storms to be bothered by raindrops. Think about that for a few minutes. Everybody have a great Sunday morning. Take care of yourself. We'll be back here Saturday morning, 8 a.m., Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. next week with two new subjects. If you need those worksheets, the pricing sizes, whatever you need, for whatever assistance, you need an interview on our podcast at creativebirdstrategies.com. Reach out to me. Let's get you in front of people, branding you, building your business like a true real estate professional. Thank you, everyone, and have a great Sunday morning. I'll be ending the room in the next 30 seconds.